You're listening to the Musings with Morgan podcast, a podcast where we discuss all things mental health. We'll be discussing new mental health topics every week, breaking down the stigma, amplifying voices, and emphasizing lived experience. I'm your host, Morgan Barella. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Musings with Morgan podcast. I am so happy you're here. I know I say this nearly every time, but today's show is truly an extra special one. I'm here with my mom, Maggie Barella. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Of course. Today we will be talking about my mom's experience raising me, a child living with multiple mental health conditions. We'll be talking about the things my mom initially got wrong about mental illness, how important it is to support your child's mental health, and how to care for yourself as a parent, too. Before we get started, let me give a quick disclaimer. I am not a mental health professional, and neither is today's guest. The discussion today is based on lived experience, research, and personal insight, and should not be seen as medical advice. And with that out of the way, let's get started. So first, just tell me about your experience. What do you remember about raising me before my diagnosis with anxiety, OCD, and ADHD? Well, um, I think it was probably when you were maybe five years old, I started noticing, you know, things that I thought was physical. So you would, you know, have stomach aches, but you would kind of react to the stomach ache a little bit more extreme than maybe the average person. I don't know how to say it, but... I just thought that you were having severe pain. I, I thought maybe it was acid reflux. Um, so I started taking you to the doctor pretty early on, um, having them check you for physical ailments. Um, you number of tests. Um, are you? Do you have IBS? Do you have acid reflux? Are you um, lactose intolerant? All of those things. Um, and everything would come back, you know, a little maybe on the high side or borderline, but never diagnosed with anything specific to physical. Um, and then maybe some time in between would, you know, go by where maybe you didn't have an episode and I would think, okay, you know, things are fine. Um, and then you would have bouts of these moments where um, you would have the only way I can explain it now is panic attack or anxiety and I just did not know how to cope with it or deal with it I just didn't understand right and so for context the stomach aches that my mom is discussing are a common symptom of uh, this the subtype of OCD that I have which is a metaphobia which is a fear of vomiting And this is something that I have been experiencing my entire life. But being so young and experiencing it, I couldn't figure out how to verbalize that it wasn't a physical thing. It was a mental thing. I couldn't figure out what words to say to explain that it wasn't so much that I was in severe pain, but that I was terrified of the idea of being sick. So that's something that I think made it hard for me to get diagnosed, I'm sure. I think that a lot of the time I would just complain that my stomach hurt or I felt like I was going to throw up and then my parents 
kind of uh, figured that I was just having a physical issue. And um, so it makes sense that a diagnosis wouldn't come for me as a child because I was complaining of physical symptoms, you know, and because mental health is so misunderstood, especially childhood mental illness, it makes sense that you might have been confused or just kind of assumed immediately that it was a physical thing. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So, you know, you just went on from there until you got a little older. Right. I was about 12 years old when I was diagnosed with OCD, ADHD, and anxiety. And I remember it feeling like a sense of relief for me and just kind of like it made so much sense that I couldn't believe I hadn't been diagnosed before, but I was just angry because my my like idea of what these mental illnesses were were so far from what they actually are that I never would have thought it was me. A few years before that, I might have joked that I had OCD because I liked to organize my pens a certain way. But then I realized I actually did have what OCD really is, and it's not the Q-organized type. So for me, it was really a sense of relief to have that diagnosis. And I'm sure it came as a sense of relief to you and um, my dad to have that diagnosis and to have something explain what was going on. Yes, for sure, because for so long because we thought it was physical, I think we spent a few times in the ER, you know, um, me trying to explain to the doctor that I don't understand the reaction that you were displaying based on the physical ailment. And you never, most times, never did throw up, but you always were thinking you were going to throw up. And I could remember being up all night long with you, um, trying to calm you down and trying to explain to you that you're not going to throw up if you're going to throw up you would have already and I would all kinds of things rubbing your hand trying to get you to relax and still not coming to terms or understanding that it was mental health versus physical health and that's where I struggle I have a little guilt over that I could remember telling a friend one time that you know, what I had been experiencing with you had been going on for a few years. And I think this might have been one of the moments where it had been going on for, you know, maybe a couple of weeks. It had been going on here and there. And it was getting a little bit more um, often. And I said to my friend that, you know, I think that Morgan is going to grow up to have mental illness. And my friend said, no, don't say that. But, you know, looking back now, I realize, I think I thought mental illness was an adult thing, not realizing that this was something that children can have. I think that was where my block was or my not understanding how mental health works. I never went there. I just kept insisting it was physical. And it wasn't until you were 12 when there was a bigger episode and that one lasted almost a week of staying up all night and not being able for you not you know to be able to relax or go to bed or go to sleep and me staying up with you um i realized this is not just physical right um so the guilt that you feel is valid but it's also you know you don't need to feel guilty for that because It's childhood mental illness is so misunderstood. Mental illness in general is very misunderstood. And most people do not understand it fully with children. And there 
especially, you know, a decade ago when I was really struggling with it. Um, It was just not understood the way it is now, and it's still not understood fully to this day. But children do struggle with mental illness. It is a very common thing. But often you will hear parents, you know, don't understand that children can go through it. They might think, you know, it's not it's something that happens because of a situation, because of a traumatic experience, that mental illness isn't genetic or biological or that children can't also go through something traumatic that causes mental illness. Childhood mental illness is extremely common, but unfortunately, misconceptions are also extremely common. So it does make sense that a lot of parents confuse their child's mental illness for a physical health condition or something else. Right, exactly. So... OCD can be in different packages or, you know, right. different ways. There's not one specific. It's obsessing. Right. You have an obsessive, compulsive disorder over intrusive thoughts or right. throwing up, which turns into right an anxious um, feeling. Right. So, so a big misconception that you had... And that a lot of people have, and that even I had, was that OCD is something that only people who are super organized, super clean have, which is very common, and a lot of people still believe it to this day. And I still get, because I'm, you know, I'm not a very organized person, so people who are close to me know that. Well, um, I, you know, I do want to just hit on that a little right, bit, yeah. because when you were young, I could remember going to your second grade class and the teacher showing me your desk, right? how messy it was, and... You know, yeah. So I think back to all those times and then also your, your backpack. And, you know, so then when I heard the diagnosis of OCD in my mind at that time, well, you know, she's not very organized. Right. Realizing now that that has really nothing to do with. Right. It's interesting um, how it ac- actually how little OCD has to do with organization and, and being clean. Like I said, a lot of people in my life that are close to me, you know, that here I have OCD for the first time, they might say to me, like, that doesn't make sense. Like, you're, you don't, you're not the most organized person ever. And it's like, it's just like, you know, it's not like a lot of people just say, oh, like, don't get offended. It's not, a, it's just a joke. But it's like, it's not so much that it's offensive more that so that it's dangerous. Because for me, I struggled my entire childhood because people do not understand what OCD is. If people did understand what OCD is, uh, there is a much better chance that I would have been diagnosed a lot sooner. So when people say things like that to me, it's not so much that I get hurt or offended. It's a lot more that I know how dangerous it is to spread those misconceptions and to continue to push those ideas. The truth is that OCD is anything but clean. It's anything but organized. It involves intrusive thoughts and irrational behaviors and compulsive behaviors based on the intrusive thoughts. And it causes someone a lot of stress and anxiety. So, you know, in recent years, mental health has become more accepted um, slightly, which is a really good thing. But Obviously, you know, this is a very recent thing that I think we started to talk about mental health more openly, especially with like social media and just like people being more outspoken about it. It's just it's changed a bit. But, you know, just a few years back, it was a lot more stigmatized. It's still very stigmatized, but it was just a lot more stigmatized a few years ago, a decade ago. You know, so I wonder like what your perception of just like growing up your generation like what are the kinds of attitudes and beliefs and ideas around mental illness that existed maybe when you were a child and growing up and a young adult and even that you've carried as an adult now that you think a lot of other people your age might 
you know, might feel. Yeah, I, you know, definitely when I was a child or young, it was always mental illness, which I don't even know that we called it mental illness back then. It was more you're crazy or you're not. And so that was always scary people or someone else, no one you knew, right? There wasn't specific things, depression or um, OCD. I'm sure that those diagnoses were out there, but they weren't talked about like they are today. So, you know, I could remember my mom saying, you know, go out and get some fresh air, you know, go get some sun on your face to the point where, you know, I would remember saying that to you, like, well, maybe you just need to get outside and get some fresh air and not realizing that someone may be struggling with something totally different, you know, whether it be depression or um, anxiety. I think that, you know, just 10, 15, 20 years ago, that was how we related to it. It's like, you just need to snap out of it, you know, go get some fresh air. Now that I, I've learned so much more, um, raising you with mental illness and learning so much from you has taught me that this can happen to anyone and your loved ones, it can happen to yourself, you know, it's there and it's just, it's a great thing that you're, um, doing what you do, keeping the conversation going, making it okay for people to feel like they can talk about it. And I, that's one of the things that I, I'm so proud of you for, is keeping that, the voices um, going and, and, and the conversation going. Thank you so much for saying that. I really appreciate that. And obviously I couldn't do it without you and dad and just you know our whole family and everyone in my life but I really appreciate that thank you and yeah it's really interesting to hear you know like the go out the go outside get some sun on your face type like misconceptions and just that it was you know maybe they people didn't understand that it was something bigger than what they actually thought it was like it was it's a it's an illness it's a very serious real thing and you know obviously like going outside and doing those things is like good like a lot of the time when people will suggest those types of things it comes from positive and and good intentions it's not like it's not someone trying to be negative but it's just a misconception and those things have carried over in a lot of ways today especially with older generations who still kind of fall back on those beliefs and still kind of um consume those ideas and misconceptions often and just think that maybe it's that simple and sometimes it's not sometimes it could be but most times you know it's not and we need to recognize those and listen to our kids and hear it and and um, understand what we can right so on that note with you know listening to your kids and stuff what what would be your advice to a parent who is you know whose child is maybe showing signs of mental illness or or whose child is expressing to the parent that they think they have mental illness. Um, What is your advice to somebody going through that? I would just say definitely listen, hear your child. Don't be afraid. Don't jump either to that conclusion that, you know, but definitely listen and be aware of the symptoms and the signs and then talk to their doctor that's exactly what I did finally you know I kept taking you to your doctors and to the ER and 
urgent care and all these things and no one ever looked for those other options. It was always physical. Let me do this test. Let's run this test. It wasn't until I finally broke it down to your pediatrician, which by the way was a substitute pediatrician at the time because your regular pediatrician was on maternity leave and it was her that said immediately you need to call um, mental health today and needless to say she is your well not any longer because you're an adult now but I made her your pediatrician going forward yours and Christian's because to me I feel like she saved our lives because she was aware immediately and um, she gave me the best advice Right. Thank you for sharing that. And I really want to emphasize, you know, that this um, early intervention or just intervention period is life-saving. The um, overwhelming data and research that exists right now shows us that intervention early on in somebody's mental illness or when they start displaying signs of mental illness can and does save thousands of lives. So this is really important to do, and I really appreciate you sharing this because it is hard for a lot of parents, I think, to accept that their child might be struggling with a mental illness because it's so misunderstood. I think a lot of parents assume that it make it means that they failed somehow or that they're not or that their kid isn't grateful for the sacrifices that their parent made. But in reality, mental illness works and functions the same way that physical illness does in the sense that they both are just health conditions. It doesn't have to do with someone's environment always. Sometimes, yes, it does. But for the most part, mental illness is just caused by genetic or biological factors. Another thing I would like to just share is as a mom, your community or your 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 core group of friends that you may have Rely on them. Take time to your for your own self-care. That's how I was able to cope and get through these things because I had a good core group of friends that was there for me and understood and um, that I trusted. Right. Community is so important. And obviously taking time for yourself as well is really important, but definitely I I emphasize that sense of community, building a community, whether that be friends, family, even coworkers that you have built a relationship with can really be helpful and, and make a big difference. Whether that's just like seeking out advice because sometimes other people who maybe they don't know all of your situation, but they can just give you good insight and good advice. And just, you know, making time to hang out with them or spend time with them, do something, go on an outing is really important because it can give you time to just relax and focus on yourself and your friends and just having fun. I think that that's really important. Yes. So before we wrap up, I just wanted to ask, do you have anything else that you would like to mention or say? Well, just kind of going back to, you know, relying on your group your core group, whether it's family, friends, community. Um, I, I do want to mention and, and and thank the moms, especially in the beginning when you were in kindergarten and this whole thing first started. Now, obviously, you would have meltdowns when I would drop you off, and that not to say that when you're dropping off your child that that's automatically a sign of mental illness. I don't believe it was at that moment, but they were there for me from that 
from the very beginning. These group of moms that are still in my life today, I so appreciated and I still pre appreciate to this day, you know, because the minute it kind of came back again in third grade where you were having bigger uh, meltdowns um, when I would drop you off and, you know, they've always been there for me, understanding and just being there um, for me to just to talk to. And that was huge for me. And I want to just thank them for that because um, it was important and I needed that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I also want to add on, you know, um, besides just parents who are, are caring for someone, a child with mental illness, also if you are a parent who... Or you have a friend or a family member who is a parent of a child with mental illness. You know, being there for them and supporting them is so important, as you can see. Obviously, it helps a lot. And just being there for people in your life who whose child might be struggling with a mental illness is important because they need support, especially when the child is really young and they're going through something so stressful and, and painful. It's really important that the parents of those children have people in their lives that are supportive and caring and care about the parents' well-being and the child well-being. Thank you so much, Mom, for being on the show. This one was extra special to me, obviously, because it's just something that's a pretty personal topic within, you know, mental health and something that I haven't talked a ton about, but I obviously am super open about and it's just very important and special to me. So thank you a lot for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Musings with Morgan podcast. To stay connected, follow me on all social media platforms at the username Morgan Barella. Come back next week for a brand new episode. I hope your week is filled with love. I can't wait to chat with you all again. Bye.